Hello and welcome to a Latter-day Family Podcast. I'm Todd Michael. I'm Amber Michael. And this is our one chance to record this episode this week because it's a crazy week. Yes. So if it's some at some point ends abruptly, <laughs> this is what you get. <laughs> We're doing our best. <laughs> anyway, uh, anything we want to talk about before we jump into the topic? I felt like I had something I was going to say and then I hit record and my mind went blank. Um, Must not have been important. No, yeah. All right. Well, this week we are diving into the 11th article of faith, and it's a pretty cool coincidence because we were already planning on covering that this week. And then Elder Bednar yesterday, uh, so we're recording this on, what's today, Wednesday? Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) On Tuesday of this week, he posted a short video uh, and a little Facebook uh, message he probably did it on Instagram too, but I saw it on Facebook. Yeah, it was on Instagram. Um, quoting the 11th article of faith and then um, sharing a message. So I'll read the 11th article of faith and then I'm going to go right into reading his message because it relates perfectly to what we want to dive into. Sounds good. So 11th article of faith is, we claim the privilege of worshiping almighty God according to the dictates of our own conscience and allow all men the same privilege let them worship how, where, or what they may. And then Elder Bednar went on to add, For the past 200 years, the call to all Latter-day Saints, and really to all people, has been consistent and clear. Peace and unity are possible when we learn to love our fellow human beings throughout the world, whether they be Jewish, Islamic, fellow Christians, Hindu, Buddhist, or any other denomination or faith tradition, we can live together with mutual admiration and respect without forsaking our religious convictions. The things we have in common are far greater than are our differences. Close quote. Hmm. Um, The thing I like that he highlights there is without forsaking our religious convictions. I think there are a lot of members who think the way to become unified, the way to become a Zion people, the way to show love is by denying our convictions or softening our convictions Mm -hmm. or pretending that our convictions are just outdated policies Mm -hmm. and our our actual doctrine. That The only doctrine that matters is love everyone. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, be nice. And then, like, everything else that might be uncomfortable or might not jive with other religions or faiths or whatever, we just kind of gloss over it or or pretend like we're waiting for it to change. Yeah, I feel like people go, like, one far way or the other. They go either to just soften what they believe or they dig their heels in and say, this other people have to believe what I believe. Right. Or else they're just wrong or whatever. So it's kind of like... I don't know. Or even have the mindset of, like, I mean, I've definitely heard it referenced as if the celestial kingdom is full of Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to. And, I mean, obviously, you have to be baptized and all that. So, technically, sure. But, like, 
acting as if the only possible way that you can be a good person in this life and the life to come is to be a Latter-day Saint mm-hmm. and nobody else could mm-hmm. possibly be uh, have that truth or have that reward. Yes. And so, yes, we have the fullness in this church, but like the Lord isn't going to punish people who didn't have the opportunity or didn't have, you know, the fullness mm-hmm. offered to them or didn't have enough of an understanding to accept it in this life. So mm-hmm. it's not just people who are Latter-day Saints in this life. It could be people who live their whole life as Hindu or as another denomination, Christian denomination or whatever. And then, you know, later on in, in their progression, they accept it and the ordinances are done and yeah, they still have what they need. But um, I mean, it's like when we talked about the millennium, in one of our other, Articles of Faith podcast, mm-hmm. and we talked about the people that are going to be living during that time. It's not just going to be members of our church. Right, yeah. So the millennium is so, a great example of, like, who the Lord values. If, mm-hmm. if it's not just Latter-day Saints during that time. Yeah. And yet we're told that that time is a time of great peace and unity exactly. and love. yeah. Exactly. Then there's not a requirement for everyone to convert to our faith. And there's not a requirement for us to either just accept each other and shun everyone else or convert them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like the way, so this isn't just like a only quotes from Elder Bednar episode, <laughs> but it just, he has a lot of the, of great quotes that apply. So um, when he, he and Elder Gong recently did that podcast about Latter-day Saints and Muslims. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he highlighted were the things, I mean, it's it's a church-wide focus that they came out with a pamphlet, but he was the one speaking and he was talking about how Muslims and Latter-day Saints have a, a lot in common. So I'll read the quote and then I'll say my comment. He said, okay. both Latter-day Saints and Muslims have sincerely held beliefs like faith in God, prophets, scriptures, and holy places. And it's like when you zoom out to the principles, mm-hmm it's really easy to see commonalities with, with our faith and other faiths. Mm-hmm. It's when you zero in on the nitty gritty and get hung up on like, but Muhammad wasn't one of the, or, you know, like mm-hmm. you get into some of these stupid persnickety points and that's your whole definition of someone's religion. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's easy to see them as an enemy or see them as, you know, too far. Uh-huh from where you are. But if you compare like just that list of believing in um, having and having faith in God, prophets, scriptures, and holy places, having that commonality, think about how many other people in the world, how many secular people mm-hmm. and organizations and institutions want nothing to do with any of the things on that list. Yeah. They don't, care about any faith in God. They don't believe in prophets. Mm-hmm. They don't have a scripture. I mean, the closest they have to scripture is, um, you know, like scientific journals. Uh-huh. Um, and they don't have holy places. So when you start to like look at those commonalities and see that as a strength between us, and I mean, this in this example, it's Muslims, but with any mm-hmm. faith, you start to see them as allies in defense of those things that matter. Mm-hmm against a fallen world that largely doesn't believe in those things. Yes. Rather than Latter-day Saints against everyone else, 
you can start to see the believers, those who are seeking God in whatever form they can, versus those who want to forsake their God. Yeah. Well, it's when he talks about being having more in common on the other quote than more that separates us. One thing that I think I remember him talking about in a separate a separate thing. Maybe it was on the Elder Gong and him. Yeah. Thing um, when I watched it, and he was talking about like some of the things that are hurtful to us as members of our church, like when people make fun of, like personally for me, yeah. it bothers me when people make fun of like our sacred garments or yeah. like our temples or when they disrespect those types of things. Sure. But there's other plenty of other religions that have sacred garments of their own in temples and like sacred places that are to them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure they feel the same way when. <clears throat> people don't respect them. Yeah. So that's something that we can focus on as far as like understanding one another. Um, that and, one. And just knowing what they're like, what religions have those things and what they mean to them. Like mm-hmm. part of it is just knowing that those yeah. things exist and then being aware of when, when there's potential for them to get trampled on. Yeah. Cause I can't, I honestly can't say like the lot, like, there are very few times where I've noticed other religions in the news, mm-hmm. you know, like notice their rights being, um, what's the word? Like not in danger, but I can't think of the right word, but you guys know what I mean. Um, most of the time I'm totally unaware. Like if it's yeah. not Latter-day Saint news, I'm not dialed into yeah. it. But how do you defend something that you don't, first of all, understand what they value and then you're not keeping yourself Mm-hmm. abreast of how they I mean, are being def- or how they're having to defend it there's lots of times when they talk about various like middle eastern religions where body covering and things like that where people talk about that as being like oppression terrible and things yeah. like that when they don't understand it i'm not right. saying i understand it perfectly but I'm but it's not- an example of how if you just keep letting those things persist and you don't get the understanding to be able to defend it if yeah. it is something that's defendable yeah then you're just as complicit as then if they were listening to somebody make fun of the holy garment and said nothing. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, I don't really know why Mormons wear those. Yeah. Those crazy Mormons. Yeah. Instead of having any kind of understanding of what we do or why we do it. Yeah. I mean, it's well, there's something to be said for taking an interest in learning about the others, other religions and things like that. Like, we had our a neighbor in our old where our old place we lived in who was a Jehovah Witness and she knew like tons of information about like every religion. Yeah. She, she would always know stuff about our church, like yeah. when it happened. Yeah. And she'd she come up and good. be like, I heard that you guys are going to two hour church yeah. now. And I'm like, how'd you learn that? It was like yeah. the week it happened. Yeah. Um, but she would never say it like like she was accusing us of anything or like no, trying to be confrontational. Way. It was she just, she was interested. enjoyed knowing. Yeah. yeah. She liked talking to us about it. It was never confrontational or anything like yeah. that. That's something I always respected about her that she knew a lot about our church. Right. But maybe she had things to say that like she didn't agree with, but she never really brought those up with us. No. And she would share about her church yeah, too. And exactly. Things that were going on. I mean, I think that's, the best place where that understanding and that respect can come from is just 
through those types of relationships by actually like getting to know people outside of our congregation yeah, and learning from real people, because then it's not just, I mean, you can learn a certain amount from Wikipedia and like the textbook mm-hmm. definitions of religions, but mm-hmm. interacting with actual people, yeah, churches. you're going to get way farther and get way more of a sense of, of what they value or how they treat it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, like she would ask me things like, well, when we were moving, she was asking, why did we decide to move here? Yeah. And I just told her it was an answer to our prayers. Yeah. And she understood that. Mm-hmm. And she, I felt like I could, since we had conversed many times and I knew that she was a person that believed in prayer. And that happened several times when she'd ask me about things that were like, the answer was an answer about our church. Right. And I would just, I could just say it. I was yeah. felt comfortable to be able to share those things with her. So there's two pet peeves that I have that are, I don't think there were things that were ever officially sanctioned. Maybe they were, but it doesn't really matter. But culturally they were definitely common in the church. One is this idea of like encouraging social conversion in mm-hmm. terms of missionary work. Mm-hmm. So like, Invite your neighbor to your home to allow them to learn and share the gospel. Mm-hmm. But it was very much like a formulaic. You're inviting them because you expect the missionaries to teach them, and you ex- and like mm-hmm. people would ambush their friends. You just invite, invite your friends over. Dinner. Didn't tell them the missionaries yeah, should be and there. Suddenly the elders are sitting <laughs> there and they want to share a message. You know that was a huge thing for yeah. a while. Um, and then the other is like there's this strange stigma of if you're friends with people that aren't members of the church, like, are you, how much are you obligated to be trying to convert them? Mm-hmm. So like on one end of the spectrum, you're trying to force a friendship where there normally or organically wasn't going to be one. Mm-hmm. And the only basis is your desire to convert them. Mm-hmm. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have people who you really do care about and have connections with, mm-hmm. and you're trying to force sharing the gospel unnaturally and unorganically because you feel like that's your duty. Yeah. That's the right thing you're supposed to do. And I think both of them are, are missing the mark. Both of them are stupid. Mm-hmm. I love the current focus of love, share and invite. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm not talking about the one who married <laughs> Sonny. <laughs> so I have to reference the meme. <laughs> that one just died on Facebook. We had a good laugh at home. loving Cher? I love Cher. I share her name. It's like, no, no, I don't love Cher, people. I actually can't stand her music oh, and mock her singing. You sing it all the time. All the time. Yeah. Do you believe and laugh at the love? That doesn't love, need to happen. Anyway, so um, I love that focus because it's it's it works in both of those aforementioned scenarios. So if you have a neighbor that you normally wouldn't be friends with, but you know you want to take opportunities to share the gospel with them, you can look for opportunities to show love for them. You can look for opportunities to share your beliefs with them. You can look for opportunities to invite them, but you're trying to do it in a way that is organic. Mm -hmm. If you have friends that you're already friends with and have a connection with, there's going to be times where you share things with them, where you invite them to things and you already have a natural love for them. Um, And the reason why I bring that up here is because I think all too often we're 
we're trapped in like this false set of goals with our friends. Like if Mm -hmm. you're a member of the church, making friends outside the church always has this funky layer to it (laughs) of how, what about the gospel? How does the gospel fit into it? Yeah. And like, it comes in most places, it comes from a good place because it's meaningful too. And you want to, but like when I think about people of other faiths, they're way more natural at sharing about their faith and talking about it just like they would anything else. Yeah. Like they talk about their weekend or their week and they talk about catechism. Yeah. Or they talk about, you know, going to midnight mass or Uh they talk about their, you know, niece getting first communion or whatever. This is all Catholic references, but I came from California. (laughs) All of my friends are Catholic. I know. I was (laughs) going to say. One Methodist and the rest are Catholic (laughs) or just non-believers. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it, it just is like a natural part of the conversation. Yeah. And I, I invite anyone listening to consider how you can become less awkward about it. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. I feel like I can only make friends with non-members. <laughs> <laughs> like you have an easier time doing it with yeah. non-members. I can like never connect with people in, in our ward. Not this one. I, well, it's new still. So there's yeah. still plenty of hope for that. But like... In the past wards I've been in, I've always had a hard time connecting with church members, but I've yeah. always had a really easy time making friends with non-members. Yeah. They're, they're way less awkward. I guess that's it. And I I talk about church all the time. Yeah. It's not like I'm just hiding right, that Right, yeah. It's, in, it's integrated, just, but they don't care because they're just talking about their lives. When you say, I did this thing for my church, they're like, cool, and I yeah. went to a bar. Yeah. And it's like an equal level of sharing and you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Like one of my friends that I worked with before we got married, she would, and this other friend would always go out clubbing um, like after work or else like on the weekends and stuff like that. And then the friend's boyfriend would be like, how come Amber never comes? Like yeah. she knew that we, he knew that we were friends Yeah, and we were just as close to friends as she was with the other one. And she's sure. like, but she doesn't, she doesn't do that. And she's yeah. like, She's a member of this church, and they don't do that. So yeah. I'm like, I they hadn't like, to become some I hadn't big had deal, given yeah. her like a sermon about our yeah. church, or she guilted her from, about her doing it. Or... Yeah, she just knew from my actions, and I didn't like lecture her like, "Why did you go out and get drunk right. on the weekend?" It was just a uh, we talked, so she knew about what I believed, and I knew what she believed. It's just a nice give and take i always think it's nice when you can just have the like openness of if someone did want to be more interested yeah they could would come to you and they'd know you wouldn't be awkward about it right nobody wants to be like come to you and then be like oh well i have these friends i'd like you to meet are you available (laughs) have you ever read the book of mormon (laughs) it's just here is a highlighted copy um okay let me ask you this do you consider all churches to be worthy of the same privilege that we seek as far as worshiping God according to the dictates of our own conscience? Like, yes. are there, are there any distinctions among churches or do you think it's. Well, there's distinctions among churches. They're all different. Right. No, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, like, I guess. sorry. So do you think like we should. Um, campaign for the rights of some over others or some more deserving than others? No. And just like I believe that if you don't believe in God or you're 
atheist or agnostic, I don't think you should yeah. be forced to uh, learn about God if you don't want to. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I think that they deserve to have that right as well. But I don't think that they, in turn, should be able to restrict people right. believing in God. It should go both I, ways. I find it interesting that the church, I mean, to my knowledge, some can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never seen anything from church leadership that specifically calls out other denominations and condemns them. Yeah, I've seen beliefs that are found in other denominations condemned. Mm -hmm. I've seen mm -hmm. practices that have happened in other denominations condemned, mm -hmm. but I've never seen anything from official church channels saying, you know, the blanks yeah. are bad or the blank church is of the devil or is wrong or is mm -hmm. bad. Um, and yet among the membership, like I hear people oh, yeah. bad mouth other churches all they the totally time. <laughs> like they love to rip on them. And I can't help but think the wording of this is very intentional. It says, we claim the privilege of worshiping almighty God according to the dictates of our own conscience. Mm -hmm. It's not saying we claim the privilege of practicing our religion. Yeah. So really what we're talking about is the common the common thread here is your desire to worship the almighty God, the God mm -hmm. of Israel. Mm -hmm. If somebody is a member of the church of Satan, mm -hmm. that's not necessarily the same goal <laughs> as us. If somebody is worshiping, you know, like if they're atheists and they're worshiping science as their God or whatever, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the same goal. So we may not necessarily see the, those rights as equal, but, I agree that the the overall respect that we're expected to have is not only to defend, I mean, it's right there in the article of faith. It's not, we claim the privilege of worshiping almighty God according to the dictates of our own conscience, period. Mm -hmm. It's comma and allow all men the same privilege, let them worship how, where, or what they may. So we're not only under obligation to defend our own, but we're under, but uh -huh. that implies we're under obligation <clears throat> To defend others and to respect others. Yes. I mean, I suppose there's like a line drawn where like if someone was outright, another group was like harming your group. <laughs> or like, yeah, like that. Well, know, that's guess, a whole like philosophy. A yes. You know, <clears throat> that kind of thing. Then I suppose that would be like, uh, I can't think of the right word, but like. Yeah, I took a philosophy <laughs> of religion class in college and that was one of the logical proofs that they had us consider yeah. was if you believe that everyone should be able to believe what they believe as their religion and be able to practice their religion then what if a tenet of their religion is to stop you from practicing your religion well, that's, that's a logical okay with that. <laughs> yeah, it's a logical paradox so you can't actually ever believe that everyone should get to believe whatever they want to believe yeah so sure, if you get it into the realm of logic, yeah, but people but, should be able to have their beliefs whether they're what you believe or not. Yeah, and as far as I know, I don't know of any religion that actively has as part of their official beliefs to tear down other churches. Now, there's churches that you know mm -hmm. in Sunday school classes will rip on our of church course, and other yes. churches and stuff. But as far as like a main goal, like. Most churches are essentially trying to convert people to their faith mm -hmm. and in many cases funnel their money 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's about it. They're not like, we, our whole goal is to tear down this other denomination. Mm-hmm. I mean, people... As far as mainstream religions, obviously there's going to be crazy sects. Yeah. I think with most religions, people are free to choose whether they're going to be part of the religion or not. Same with ours. Sure. Although there are many that will argue that you're like tricked into joining. But I really don't, <laughs> I don't see a lot disagree. of people getting clubbed over the head, blindfolded and baptized. Like right. that's not happening. It's and actually you know hard what? to get baptized. I know. And you know, like they say, like once you're in the church, then they won't let you out. That's not true. I mean, in this day no. and age of ghosting, you could, <laughs> you yeah, could probably just yeah. not go to church, not respond to anybody. And you, yeah can leave any time for all intents and purposes you can <clears throat> practically speaking leave the church anytime you want mm-hmm. and as far as having your records removed it's all digitized now you don't even have to face your bishop or write a physical letter out or anything like it is so it's never been more convenient not that we're trying to encourage yeah, any we're not, listeners to do that <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to say that but anyone <laughs> who claims that yeah this is like the the cultish coercion membership it's ridiculous so mm-hmm. we do believe in not just letting others but letting members of our own church worship according to the dictates of their own conscience mm-hmm. in terms of they each each of us needs to seek out our own conversion and our own understanding mm-hmm. it's just that doesn't mean that we believe all dictates are equal so yeah. we still do believe that there is a right way yes to worship god and that there is a priesthood authority of God, yeah. and that, that authority is required for the ordinances that provide salvation. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that somebody who lacks that in their church and is doing the best that they can with what they have will be condemned for lacking it. Yeah. If they outright reject it, that's different. But if they simply haven't yet been exposed to it, we're not saying, nope, sorry, too yeah. bad for you. Of course, we're still going to believe that our church is true and that we believe it's Jesus Christ's church on the earth. So we're not going to be like, well, whatever church, we have no right. opinion about this. We obviously have an opinion Everyone about does it. does what they want and believes what they want. Just love. Yeah. So that's not what we think, but we can still be respectful of people in different, uh, with different beliefs, if that's how they choose to believe. How do you think this compared with, because I'm thinking of when the Articles of Faith were written, uh-huh. in Joseph Smith's day, how do you think this belief was received, or how do you think it compared with kind of the common understanding or, or beliefs of most religious people at the time? I don't know. It seems like from what the Joseph Smith story, like when all the various churches are coming around and trying to vie for His perspective, devotion, yeah. perspective people joining it seems like they're very like they were very butting heads with each other yeah. in that way so maybe that was i mean i know that was still a problem i know the church had tons of people yeah. butting heads with it and yeah, wanting I, to destroy it i even basically. just think about when he was first um when he first had his vision 
and then he was trying to tell the different religious leaders and he was met with such hostility for even claiming that he had this belief that mm-hmm. was contrary to what they were comfortable with or you know with their definition yeah um so i think it is a little bit uh revolutionary in the sense that you don't find a lot of religious tolerance in a lot of other religions Like on a surface level, they'll say, we respect all people and all beliefs. But in practice, in actuality, like they will shun you. Mm -hmm. You know, like I remember it being a big deal when our uh, former bishop in California like broke through and was allowed to participate in this interfaith um, Project Homeless. Uh Uh-huh thing where they were, you know, they had this annual event where they would um, provide services and collect donations and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was like a big deal that the kind of local mega church bigwigs were allowing him to participate. Yeah. And it wasn't because of any former bishops had done anything wrong. It was just, there was already a stigma Mm -hmm. already had a target on his back by being a Latter-day Saint. Yeah. Um, We've all had those people that you come across that are members of certain other churches and they're as soon as they find out that you're a Latter-day Saint, they get their back up against the wall or whatever. Yeah. Remember as a kid, I was, I've mentioned this before, I think on the podcast, but I was kicked out of a Christian homeschool group, Mm -hmm. um, ghosted by the group before ghosting (laughs) was a thing. Yeah. Um, because we were they, once they found out they were members of the church. Yeah, it was a homeschool group. They're the ultimate losers, <laughs> and even they turned their backs on us because of our faith. So, yeah, my I, point being, Christians, especially, but you know, lots of other denominations, are very um, narrow-minded. Yeah, sometimes they aren't even accepting of of <laughs> our church. Not always, but a lot of times. And this would have been a smart thing to research, but I don't know of any other faith, and there very well could be, and I just am not aware, but mm-hmm. I've never heard of another faith that has this as part of their religious beliefs. Like yeah, I don't their, know. Their written, established core beliefs that they want to respect other faiths. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I love that our church is being more proactive about this. Uh-huh. I love that we have apostles that spend much of their time going to different countries and working with community leaders and leaders in other faiths. And like, I I would say more often than not, the news stories you see with the prophet and the apostles these days are of them doing things for people who aren't members of the church Mm -hmm. and with people who aren't members of the church. Yes. So talk about leading by example, like our, our humanitarian efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you see, they're like, I don't know if they're still called this, but the Mormon Helping Hands group. Totally, they're not like yeah. going through and saying, are you a member of our church? Okay, yeah, we'll right. help you. Like, Sorry the hurricane hit you, but you look like a Catholic, so. <laughs> yeah. I think they just shortened it to Helping Hands, by the way. I was going to guess that, <laughs> yeah. actually. I was going to say, I bet they're called Helping Hands yeah. now. I don't know for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what sense. a chore that must have been. To like, <laughs> like, you think about how hard it is to find a good 
URL <laughs> and website and like to find good catchy names for YouTube channels and all the different pieces of the church. I, I don't know how that was carried out in terms of making that conversion, but that was probably quite a Herculean task. It probably was. To switch everything over. And every once in a while, you'll still find, like, it's not like they could go back and remake everything. So no. you'll still find videos that'll have the references in it. Mm -hmm. And it's almost, at this point, for me, it's almost like a, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I have to consciously use the word Mormon. I know. And, and I use it pretty deliberately if I'm talking about what other people would call us. Yeah. Or in, like, a proper context of something that that's that's the right way of speaking of it but yeah you hear um, a lot on those like hard to find mormon videos the <laughs> youtube yeah. channel but they always a good you know, have the old references in yeah. there <laughs> i know there's people who built their whole identity off of it so you, you kind of can't blame them for not wanting to totally change up their brand but that's a funny one <laughs> um okay so the obvious uh poem that i wanted to share in this episode that Sorry if you have heard this too many times and you bristle at it or you kind of roll your it's eyes. One of those but things like the footsteps poem. Yeah, it's almost up there with the footsteps <laughs> poem. Which sorry, sorry if you like that poem, but we don't. Um, but it applies. So I'm going to read it. This is by Martin. <laughs> you forgot to Google how to say. I his don't last know name. how to say his last name. I'm not even going to try. Uh, he was a religious leader, pastor, or something of some sort <laughs> um, in Nazi Germany, and that's when he wrote this, but it applies 100% to Article of Faith 11, and it reads, First they came for the socialist, and I did not speak out, because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. In the coming years, I see, I foresee more and more concerted attacks on anyone of faith. Mm -hmm. All religions, relatively equally. If we know that the millennium will be a gathering of those who believe in Jesus Christ from various denominations, mm -hmm. it's a pretty safe assumption. And it's not an assumption because it's the prophecy is there. It's a fact, but it's, a, it's pretty logical to know that those who fight against Jesus Christ, who are against Christ, who are followers of the adversary are going to equally target all those who believe in Christ. Mm -hmm. So, if we know that ultimately, as we gather Zion, those folks will be in our ranks, if we know ultimately that in the millennium, those folks will be in our ranks, why procrastinate learning how to get along with them, how to trust them, how to work with them, how to build friendships with them mm -hmm. until it's absolutely necessary? Why mm -hmm. not build in that capacity now, put in those reps now oh. when it isn't life or death, but when it comes to that, you don't want that to be your first time figuring out how to not be awkward talking to your Catholic neighbor or yeah. your Methodist neighbor or your mm -hmm. Muslim neighbor. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be totally clueless about what they believe when you're now having to rely on them to fight with you against those who literally are seeking your lives. Mm -hmm. 
um, things are only going to intensify. So it's, I think it's wise and it's necessary for us to seek out those opportunities, not just wait and then like one day, oh, I happen to have a coworker who, <laughs> but really like, you know, if it, if it comes down to it, go volunteer in interfaith organizations. If there aren't very mm-hmm. many in your area, start some. Mm-hmm. Go attend other churches. Like there's nothing that says that you aren't allowed to visit other churches. Mm-hmm. If you're skipping church to do it, that yeah, probably isn't a great idea. idea. But there's meetings like other churches are notorious for having multiple meeting times because they're trying to accommodate as many people as they can. Mm-hmm. Find the one that doesn't conflict with your meeting times. And go as a family and visit and, you know, get to know people in organic ways because it's true what Elder Bandar said. What we have in common far outweighs, I'm going to reread that part. He says, the things we have in common are far greater than are our differences. So the world will tell you to focus on the differences. Mm -hmm. But if our commonalities are basically based around worshiping Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. of course, Jesus Christ wants us to focus on that commonality. I agree. It's like the idea of thinking of people as people who are worshiping how they feel that they should, and not just people that are against you worshiping how you can. Right. It's, they want the same thing that we want to be able to worship how they want. Yeah. And a lot of times we think like, oh, they're going to try to convert us or whatever. But in my experience, most of the time, that's not the case. (laughs) And if you have a solid testimony, you're going to be fine. Like you can talk doctrine with them. You can talk about what they believe. You can tell them what you believe and you're all fine. You're just sharing what you believe and it's not going to be harmful to you. And it's really cool to recognize the truth that exists in yeah. So many other religions. Mm-hmm. When you talk to people who don't even have a religion, who have an understanding of these basic truths mm-hmm. because they have the light of Christ and they re- have recognized them as they've come across them or as they kind of philosophize in their own mind or whatever, there's power in making those connections and seeing that all truth really can be circumscribed as one. There's no division in truth and so there's different denominations will have different parts of it and highlight different pieces but ultimately you're going to find truth and and pieces of the fullness wherever you go and you can strengthen them i mean there's a wide range between i shared my beliefs with my friend and they joined the church and i shared my beliefs with my friend and it strengthened them yeah. You know, you can strengthen the understanding of Jesus through many ways. Even if your connection, your main connection is just on those few commonalities that you have, mm-hmm. strengthen each other in those commonalities. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend who's a Methodist who doesn't share the same every single belief that I do, but she grew up with members of the church. She has a really good understanding of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk, we have a really broad foundation of common ground that we know we can operate from Mm -hmm. and there's things where we won't agree and we don't care like it doesn't stop the conversation it's just oh this is my belief on it cool this is where i come at this from yeah and you can move on so all this to say the more you have 
those reps in, the more you have that experience to make those connections, the more you start to just immediately recognize the common ground. And you see people as children of God. God's not up there picking and choosing who he loves and who he blesses based off of how much truth they have. Yeah. He's, you know, the parable of the widow's might definitely applies to our testimonies. The more that you're giving based off of whatever piece you have, that's what he cares about. Mm -hmm. that makes so sense. he's going to love the faithful, you know, Hindu or whatever is Hindu. Would you refer to them as Hindu? Are they a Hindu or are they, I don't know. I'm really dumb right now. <laughs> I just realized I don't know what word to use. How's that for not understanding another religion? Um, but the faithful person of that faith who is hardcore faithful to all of the beliefs that they have and lives their life as good as they can is going to love them just as much as, if not more than, somebody who had an exposure to the gospel and is a you know jack member of the church or mm -hmm. who totally rejected it mm -hmm. so it's not about your knowledge it's not about what you've received yet it's about how you're living and what you're honoring yeah and the more that you seek out people who are doing the best that they can with what they have the stronger zion will be yeah i agree any other thoughts before we close i think so well thank you everybody for listening um <laughs> I think we have had more people join the Facebook group every week. I say we should really post yeah. something in there. This week I'm going to do it. Get and like a hundred things. I'm saying it on recording so that by the time this airs, <laughs> I will have, doing I have done it. Yeah, I'm going to do it before I post this. Okay, so. but this is the downside to what we were talking about on the other episode about saying yes all the time. I know. Is that like we had an empty <laughs> week ahead of us. Then we had like. A bunch of things that came up where we're like, we could do this or we could say no and have more free time. And yeah. like, well, Just went for it. Yeah. So we went for it on this like a stacked. thousand extra things. I know. This week is definitely insane. Yeah. Um, but I will have time to do that. So, speaking from the past into the future, oh, no. be sure to go to the group and <laughs> engage with whatever it is that we post there because. Um, the whole point of creating the group was because we want to interact with you guys more. It's fun when we. DM with you. It's it's enjoyable. Those of you who we've been able to connect with on multiple platform, platforms to see about mm -hmm. your lives. Which, by the way, Keilani and Bob, congratulations. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's what we wanted to say at the beginning, I thought. I think that is what we That's wanted to say at the was. beginning. You yes. Oh. really exciting. We're super yes. happy for you guys. We are so excited for you guys. It is. I th that was I was telling Amber the other night. <laughs> that is the most excited I've been about any baby being born that wasn't in my own family. Like I had Bob's notifications turned on. I was like minute by minute all of his updates. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, good. They have the fetal heart monitor on. No. That means they're they're in the hospital. They mean business. <laughs> no, I was doing social media fasting because I, I know fast on yeah. sunday so he's keeping me updated <laughs> i was like just so you know <laughs> since you can't read it for yourself a little birdie told me <laughs> anyway but yeah congrats guys so point being we love uh connecting with you guys and we want to connect with more of you so we think the group will be a fun way to do that and even if you're not an avid listener even if you just catch a few episodes here or there um we don't care yeah. we're not offended 
You're not going to like say something that will expose you as not having listened to all of them. <laughs> but didn't you hear frankly, episode 30? Yeah, frankly, I don't remember most of what I say. So <laughs> I'm certainly remember. not going to expect any of you to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it more than two weeks ago? <laughs> yeah. Then uh, I'll have a fuzzy concept of what was said. <laughs> I'll read the title in the description and fill in the holes, fill in the blanks. <laughs> anyway, so be sure to connect there. And uh, if you haven't already, leave us a review if you feel like it. Because... We want you to, and we like it if you do, even though we don't know how to find them, but we trust that they're good if you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and until next time, you worship Almighty God according to the dictates of your own conscience, and you be sure to let others do so as well. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.